bullshit news. Excuse me, I mean, you're, you're out of order. No bullshit news. No bullshit news. The middle class is dying. And that's why Trump got away. No bullshit news. Bring it, motherfucker. I'll pledge it off the wall. <laughs> no Love bullshit that news. That's all shit from our show. This is a good freaking show. It is. It is. We're now, gonna have a new open next week. Hey, Karen. Everybody keeps complaining. Put your mouth close to the microphone. I don't kiss the mic, Charlie. And do I me mean, a favor. You know, for the rest of the right. show, turn the phones over and stop playing with them. I'm not playing with them. It fucks with, with my mind. It's like you're <laughs> hey, half here and half hey, doing other no, shit. No, I'm not. What's I, on? I can multitask. I'm actually making sure we're talking about I don't want you stuff. multitasking, my friend. Here. <laughs> Right I'm now. Here. I'm here. I'm that, here. Thanks for the JMO. You're welcome. Hey, Charlie. Bob has a Bob, too. <laughs> thanks, Karen. <sighs> Keep you guys happy on the weekends. Welcome to No Bullshit News Hour, part of the Red Shovel Studio Network. Someday, I'm told, we're actually going to get a uh, an app and actually be a network. But I'm really uh, honored and pleased to be uh, linked in with the Drew and Mike show. Number one in Michigan. Number one in all right, the world. Prove it's not. <laughs> I dare you. Prove it's not. You can't because all, all the metrics for podcasts and all that are bullshit. Nobody <laughs> no, really knows. There's no Nielsen rating for it. No. You have to measure downloads, you know? Well, so, and it's downloads by time. Like if you do 10 minutes or a half hour or an hour. If you, listen to ha- if you don't listen to the whole show, you get a half a, half a listener, right? Right. right. So listen, go to www.nobsnewshour.com, subscribe, listen, rate. You can figure it out. You got to download an app. You can drop the three W's too, Charlie. Okay. We're beyond that. Everybody knows it. Yeah. Not my ma. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Listen, we got lots of stuff uh, to get to do, a ton of shit. And what I'm thinking is we should rename this the only news hour. The only news hour, because watch this one. Here's what we're going to do today. The widening federal probe. Did the city of Detroit poison the city of Detroit at the same time Flint was poisoning Flint? I'm telling you, man, the feds are here. We'll get to it. Uh, And remember this one. You heard it here first. Detroit, the county treasurer and his friends and family. Now we got an ethics hearing. Newspapers calling for his resignation. And there's more. And we'll get it to you. We got experts, experts, experts. So let me just put it this way. You're being cheated. You're being cheated. Can't you see? Speaking of can't you see? If you can't. Thank you very much for that transition. The many of you that have gone to see Dr. Yaldo at our recommendation have been giving us feedback. The gist of it is the feeling of freedom when the, nu- the nuisance of glasses, reading glasses, and contacts are no longer part of your life. No more poking your eyes twice a day with contacts. No more forgetting the damn reading glasses. Ooh. Ooh. Tell us about the feeling of confidence and safety at Dr. Yaldo's office, both from him and his great technicians. They tell us that seeing 2020 or better is only part of it. It's also freedom to be able to see great 24-7. Not just when you put the contacts in, or put the glasses on your nose. It's custom LASIK for people under 50. The amazing multifocal implants for those over 50. The evaluation is free. I will be going the week after next. Okay, and then the no bullshit news hour discount follows. You're going to get LASIK? 
No, I'm going to get the, the free the free look because, you know, I keep my, my glasses and my eyes and all that. But dig this one. I need, I need to do that, so I want to hear how that goes. I need everybody. Alan, you on the line, bro? I'm right here. Okay, I want you to call Dr. Yaldo because when you come this summer, because everybody that calls and mentions LaDuff, No Bullshit News, Karen Dumas, Bob Shettlebauer, they're going to pay us for every call. I need 10,000 people to call <laughs> Dr. Yaldo at 1-800-398. You writing this down, Alan? I got it. 1-800-398-EYES. And if you have a fresh health savings account or tax return coming, use it to change your life, Alan. 1-800-398-EYES or go to yaldoeyescenter.com. Y-A-L-D-O-I-Center. Okay. And what what name are you going to give him, Alan? I'm going to give him No Bullshit News by Charlie LaDuff. Cha-ching! And Bob and Karen. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching! You get a triple discount. Well, Alan, you know, because I, I had to leave my really well-paying job to get some of this news done, man, because it's kind of difficult here in the hinterlands, not being a big New York Times guy, because you guys got balls. It's real tough in the, in the towns and cities, because... You're still getting the news out. You know? It's tough, dude, but... That's why we love you. Thank you. Thank you, man. I do. And I, I love you. I really do. You're my brother. Uh, I've always admired your work. This El Chapo stuff it's not even the pinnacle of your career but it was bad to the bone so crazy stuff everybody yeah seriously man seriously <laughs> great job alan so bring you us up to see me now i'm bowing to you i'm bowing <laughs> hey I, I have the only question i have are you glad it's over well wait a minute know, first man. of all I'm, is I'm it like over really what happened yeah, give us the news first guilty all counts chapo guzman uh yeah. It was a total, okay, ready? Check this out. Yeah. Eight-page-long verdict sheet that the jury had to check off 53 separate boxes, right? Guilty, not guilty, proved, not proved, yes, no. They found against Chapo on 51 of the 53 boxes. And the two boxes that they didn't find him uh, guilty of, they just, like, they just weren't 100% sure, it seemed. So it was a total, total flaming burnout for Chapo. I mean, you know, he's going to he's going to get sentenced uh June 25th, mandatory life in prison. Nothing that any judge can really do about it. And then uh and then he's going to probably wind up in the uh Supermax prison in Florence, Colorado, our country's most secure federal lockup. That's well, the end of the story. There'll be no time. There may be an appeal, but So the, eh. in uh what, June 25th is the sentencing? Correct. Do you think he'll speak then? Because he didn't speak at his trial. He might. He came very close to testifying. Uh, but his lawyers sort of showed him the light that it probably wasn't in his best interest. But, yeah, he might He might speak at the trial. I mean, at the uh, at the sentencing. Hey, Alan, when you reported, and I, I read your, your, your stuff, he seemed surprised. Did he really seem surprised? I have to say. I was looking at him. I just had a, I, I had a dead-on view of him as the guilty verdicts kept coming one after the other. And he kind of had his, his mouth was kind of hanging open a little, and he was listening through an interpreter, right, because uh, he doesn't speak English. And he just, it was just like you could kind of see it all sinking in. I mean, don't forget, this is a guy who had been in prison before in Mexico. He escaped twice. He then, you know for, uh, you know, a period of years managed to evade the law, just like <laughs> duck out the, you know, safe house 
over the fence into a patch of thorn bushes and run away. And naked, time he, naked, it might add. Well, that was a different time. No, he didn't go through the thorn bushes naked because the guy was through you know, the tunnel. The guy's shrewd. He thorn, went thorn he bushes went through, the, through the bathtub tunnel with the mistress. That was when he went naked. Ah, right, right, right. Right. If you go through yeah. thorn bushes naked, you're yeah. You deserve to let be let go. Even as a kingpin, it's going to hurt a little. Sure. <laughs> so are, no. th- are they thinking they're going to be able to keep him? I mean, any likelihood that this will be his third escape? And do, you, do you know much about the United States Penitentiary uh, Administrative Maximum Facility? Not personally. It's, uh, it's a tough place to get out of. It's actually kind of like a superhero cartoon. You know, every single major criminal who's gone to the American justice system is there. The Unabomber is there. The guy who committed the 1993 attack on the World Trade Center is there. You know, like murderous mobsters are there. Other terrorists are there. People who have broken out of prison before are there. You never get mad at that. Unabomber went to University of Michigan, bro. Go blue. See, that's, that's what happens. <laughs> no, the, 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 the Supermax that's Colorado. If you don't go to Ohio State, you wind up at Michigan. You turn into the Unabomber. If you can't get it to oh, Michigan damn. State. Oh, oh no. Oh. Damn. Man, you, you know, uh, I heard actually that they're thinking about um, just tweaking with the name of, of, of Ohio State University just because of all the problems there with the football program and all that. Just a slight tweak. Did you hear what they're thinking? I didn't. Um, Ohio State Penitentiary. <laughs> that's a non-biased opinion at all <laughs> okay uh, real quick uh alan yeah. what so what does this mean i mean does this mean drug flow will slow down does this mean we've broken the back of the cartels because this was the sinaloa is a big one put this Look. in perspective okay sure i mean not to take anything away from the hard work of the you know, agents and prosecutors who obtained this conviction, that was serious hard work. It took them a decade almost to get this conviction. But I'll just tell you this. On the very day that the trial itself ended and the day before the jury got the case to start their deliberations, yeah. border agents in Arizona announced the largest seizure of fentanyl in history, hidden in a truck that was carrying cucumbers crossing through the Nogales Port of Entry. So on the day that Chapo's trial ends, the biggest fentanyl load ever seen in the United States of America, you know, comes through the Arizona border. Um, look, you talk to you talk to drug agents, you talk to these people who chase these uh, uh, these cartel guys. You know, the Sinaloa cartel is now essentially being run by Chapo's adult sons and by his partner, his longtime partner, the kind of very secretive and wily. Mayo Zambada. There's another cartel that's rising called Jalisco New Generation. Uh, you know that comes out of Sinaloa, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't that correct? I'm sorry. That and I, they're the branch they shoot off of is Sinaloa, isn't it? They do. They used to be Chapo's frontline soldiers in his war against yet another one of his rivals. So Chapo kind of created these guys, and now they're and now they're uh, competing with the Sinaloa cartel. So you know the Sinaloa cartel is still around. In fact. The DEA's most recent assessment of the drug trade, they said that it's, you know, it and this Jalisco New Generation cartel are the two most powerful in the, in the entire country of Mexico. So, so declaring, sure. a, as we speak, we have a national declaration of emergency from the White House in order to get a couple billion more bucks to put up some partial fencing and walls and structures and barricades. Does that make it then? Just in, you're not an expert about the border, but 
you are a little bit. Now. Look, I just it, it strikes me as kind of weird that we declare a national emergency so that we can borrow money from actual counter drug programs and then put it into a wall with part of the purpose being to stop drugs that this trial itself has shown a wall won't stop. So, I, I mean, I got to say, that one that one gets a little lost on me. Um, but, See, I love it, dude, because, you know, all those early years at the times we were doing together, we weren't really allowed to talk like this. And now, because you're an expert, you're sort of expected to talk like this now, you know? I, I think it's time for reporters to come out of the closet and let people know what they do know. Listen, all I know is I sat there for three months and I heard, about, I, I heard actual drug traffickers discussing actual drug deals, serious, sophisticated operations involving planes, trains, submarines, you name it, and not a single one of those. I mean, there must have been hundreds, hundreds of deals that they talked about doing, right? Not one of them would have been stopped by a wall. So, like, I mean, build a wall, but don't think it's going to really stop drug trafficking. You well know said. what I mean? Yeah, well said, man. Well said. Well, the president today said today that the today's most Friday, of the drugs... Today's are, Friday, but yeah. <laughs> today, well, right, today's Friday. But in his press conference today, he said that most of the drugs that come into this country do not come in through legal ports of entry. That's, which is I mean, straight look, up bullshit. That, you know, listen, he may have some information on his own, but I, I, just, I sat and listened to the experts, the drug traffickers, and, and almost all of them went through legal ports of entry or, like, around them, under them, you know, sea routes. Dude, I covered deal. that border for so many years, and on this show we've had Border Patrol, guys that cover the cartels for Breitbart, you know. No, most of them come through the port of entries. Period. Right. End the fucking right. story. Well, and they, they say the, the wall in the middle of a desert ain't going to help. It's not going to help. We also have to remember that uh, the the government doesn't own the property that he's proposing to put the Amen. wall on, and to use eminent domain would take years in terms of acquisition. So well, that, that's a whole other yeah. conversation. And here's the next thing, though. But I don't know about that, Bob and Alan and Karen is. Having covered that border a long time and know what the cartels do, if that's the next place that's open, that's exactly where they're going because now they're taking the asylum seekers way out to the desert, Bob, where there's no wall. Do it right there. Right? So, you know, we make one move, they make a move. That's what Alan saw. You just, yeah. that's what I read from Alan's reporting. Alan, um, we're going to move along because we got a ton of shit, bro. Um, yep. We, I sent you a Coney kit, AmericanConeyIsland.com. You, did you like it? Oh my God! I ate it the first night. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Did you? You sent me a I picture of you right boiling way. the dog. You, I ate it in the right way. What do you mean? Well, you know, we defrosted, right? Because they come from we right. defrosted, yeah. and then we just pan fried them up, and had some onions, and uh, toasted that bun, put some mustard on it, and away we went. Mm. What'd you Delicious. do? With the, well played. What'd you do with the chili? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. The chili was still kind of frozen. frozen. So the next day, the next day we made chili with the chili. Made a nice bean chili. Put some of that sauce in there. Delicious. Because that sauce is not, doesn't have chili. It's just a, it's a meat sauce, right? Ah, it's amazing. Greek spices, bro. I'm glad. Um, Nice. And it got there all nice and frozen and not beat up and everything, right? Real cool. Right to your door. Did you wear your oh, yeah. hat, Alan, that came in the box while <laughs> yeah. you were eating? 
I, I don't like, you know, no, I don't like to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll let you eat in private. All right. Hey, brother, uh, fabulous, fabulous work. And, um, you know, you're a friend of the show, and you, you've been getting rave reviews around here. You really have. You've been Thank making you, other radio shows. And uh, I love you, dude. Good luck with that book. And I'll see you this summer, all right? We're waiting for yeah. the book to come love, out. Love you too, man. All right, okay. thanks for having me. Mazel, bro. 10-4. Okay, bye. Dude's awesome. Okay, man, can you call the city council president pro tem for me, Bob? Because, I'm on um, it. This, this dovetails ni- uh, nicely because if I'm working for the mayor, the land bank, the building authority, any of these contractors truckers, anybody that put one finger on this dirt in these demolition projects, you're going to need a lawyer. And in fact, I know who you should be hiring. <laughs> that was smooth, Charlie. I'm, I'm serious, man. You should call Zany Law with offices in Detroit, Lansing, Grand Rapids, specializing in criminal defense, civil rights litigation, personal injury. He's Representing some people in the Flint water deal. Mm-hmm. This guy's, he, he's, he he's my criminal lawyer. He is my criminal lawyer. What crimes do you commit, Charlie? I don't, but you, sometimes you get falsely accused. Remember, everything we're talking about. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> Who are you talking to? I'm talking to you. <laughs> and that's what these are. These are simply, it's a, it's a red-hot investigation. But you want to call Eddie Zaney at 517-292-7000. Listen, if you guys aren't writing this down, you can always... Download the podcast, reverse, go back and get this number, 517-292-7000. I vouch for Eddie. He's a great lawyer. So when things get zany, you call. Zany. That's right, Ed Zany Law. And he's a nice guy. He's a, it's a great family. I mean, for me, good people make good professionals. If you're not a good person, I don't care how you are, how good you are at your job, you've got to be a good person in order to do right by the people who hire you. True. And you know what about Eddie? Um, you also want a lawyer who knows his way around and he knows the players and how, how things work. He's not just some bum going in there trying to That's make a true. deal. And he knows. Oh, man, this guy's, this guy's connected. This guy's connected. I'm hearing Bob. I'm, I'm... Oh, that's okay. So, Charlie, I yeah. mean, th- there's so much going on. How do you discern what we need to talk about every day? Because we probably need to talk about two hours sometimes to actually get everything in that's happened since the last time. You know, that's, I do sound a little panicked in this show because I haven't had a chance to write anything as so much has been going on. You know, for years I've been doing this demolition stuff. It's a window into how deals are going on in this town, I believe. Finally now, you know, when I was writing about the subpoenas and the dirt, now we get some traction from the newspapers and their following. And here's the woman who's stepping up and now doing the big things. Is that you, uh, Madam Councilwoman, President Pro Tem, Mary Sheffield? Hey, Charlie, good afternoon. Hey, thank you for uh, stepping out of uh, chambers for a moment. I think it's really important what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, what you're doing is is in this demolition stuff what is it that you're calling for so essentially i you know i'm calling for some additional oversight um and transparency as it relates so i know there's currently a federal investigation going on um but a lot of people are either unaware or don't even know really what's being investigated and so because there are several aspects of this one of which that has really been shed a lot of light on is the contamination of dirt 
Um, I believe it's important that it is more of an open and transparent kind of oversight hearing where people can be called to the table, testimony can be made on, on record, people can be subpoenaed, and more information, uh, really an engagement with the community can take place right here in Detroit with our congressional members. So are you calling one for a congressional hearing, and if you don't get that or in parallel to that, you're going to hold local hearings? Yeah, so I'm calling for a congressional hearing, waiting wow. to see what happens with that at first. Uh, I did get some feedback from both of the congresswomen to see, um, well, to let me know that they were looking into it. And aside from that, I mean, I'm doing my own individual, you know, kind of questions, asking for information, uh, and my due diligence around the issue as well, too. And we'll move forward to see if additional hearings need to take place within the community. Mary, let me ask you this. This is Karen Dumas. How are you? Uh, Good. How are you, Karen? I'm fine, thanks. Let me let me ask you, in, in t- what's the best way for people, the average resident, to find out the outcome of these discussions, of these hearings? How will you make sure that residents are aware of your findings? So, I, you know, I try to put everything either online. I try to send out newsletters. I try to post things, uh, like newsletters online, uh, either on the city website. Um, we try to do that. And then a lot of things, I think the reason for me making public the way I'm doing it is that a lot of this is broadcast live online on the media services channel. Um, you can watch it on television as well, too. Uh, and so if you stay connected to me, uh, I'm definitely going to make sure that it's publicized part of my outlet channel uh, so that residents are aware of it. Uh, I just think it's important when you talk about the contamination of dirt and you're putting people's uh, you know, health at risk uh, that this is an issue that should be aware of and are able to report if they have any suspicion of any, you know, activity within their communities when demolition is done in their area as well, too. Are any of your colleagues in line or supportive of this congressional uh, call for congressional hearing and and increased oversight? So uh, I know when I submitted it, people seemed like they were supportive of it. Um, It's going to actually come up uh, in the committee level this coming Monday, uh, and this will be the first time that we actually have an opportunity to talk about it. I walked the memo on last week at the end of session, so we did not have much, much discussion about it. Uh, so our first uh, public discussion will be this coming Monday. So I'll get a sense then of where people are uh, as far as the oversight, if, so, um, if they believe it's needed or if they support it or not. So let's put this where it's at. This is the, I'm sorry? Let's put this where it's at. This is me talking, not questioning, and then you can yep. riff on it. This, the mayor takes full credit for this thing. For four years, we're talking about collusion, bid rigging, price splitting. Uh, now we're finding out there's shenanigans going on with the dirt. Half of it doesn't have a record where it came from. The other half, we're yep. not even sure if it's true, if it's been tested. It could be from a highway, have salt. It could right. have cadmium. It could have lead, asbestos. Um the mayor's a really powerful guy, as you know. If you cross him, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll run somebody against you, as you know. And it's real hard to get traction because this, yep. this is a machine. Yep. So yep. what you're doing, madam, thank you. Big balls. I mean that. This is, yeah. this is right? No, and, and I appreciate that. And, and the thing is, I know that there was a statement released from the mayor's office, and I know he also... Um, it was an article that he responded saying that there were proper pro- protocols in place. Uh, and again, my calling for a congressional hearing was not to attack per se the administration, but it was to call out the flaws in the process. And even with protocols and rules in place, there was still no oversight to make sure that those rules were being enforced. And so you have people who, like you mentioned, were self-reporting. Uh, there's several thousands of sites where there are not no documentation for where dirt was from. Uh, and so even with protocols being put in place in 2014, we have a situation of undocumented forces 
uh, in self-reporting where there was no oversight. Yep. Uh, and so I just want more transparency. I want answers to trying to do. Uh, and it's not about putting the blame on anybody. It's about putting the residents and their health and safety uh, at the forefront. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. Me and the feds, it's about assessing blame because we're just about done. And this, it's what's been done is done, right? Yeah. Yep. And yep. if you poison these babies... Yep. And I'm talking yep. to my baby about, you know, the pictures in the paper with a dead dog in a hole and a guy falling in a hole to get his dog. And I explained mm-hmm. to my child, do you think pops will put up with this next to our home? Right. And right. then, and then right. it dawned on her, like, you know, her generation. The, the, the shit that these kids in the city have to endure when, let's face it, a lot of suburban money and out-of-state and federal money, we as a whole people pitched in right to mm-hmm. help mm-hmm. and we got this burning hell yeah. if this is true but what happens mm-hmm. if it is contaminated and what happens if there's a, a level of poison around the city as a result then what do well, we end up well, as another well, that's flint? Great, that, well that's a great question i think you know there has this environment excuse me environmentalists who have said that there is a concern if the dirt is contaminated and what it means to those living in those areas and I know now that there are this one company, DMC, uh, who has had dirt um, that they have to go back and now pull up, dig up, uh, and refill. And so there are several thousands of sites for possible contamination. My understanding is that those sites will have to be um, refilled. Um, and so that's something that we need to figure out. But watch this one. Can I call you Mary? I want to be respectful. Yeah, but you're okay. fine. Mary, you're fine. Uh, look, the, the company gets to test it. So how do you think that test might come back? It's a self-oversight mm-hmm. again. Maybe we should, well, you know, you yep. are the city council president pro tem, the number two. Maybe we call for an independent test on some of these holes? Mm-hmm. Because we left it right. to these and, people and, and to do the right thing. Right. And from, and from my understanding, and that's why I did, again, I need more answers. The DBA recently, um, only until the subpoenas were, uh, were issued maybe a couple months ago, has hired an independent uh, consultant. Now, I think it's AKT Peerless to do that independent oil investigation. Let and me just tell you I right now, it. I got to tell you, so mm-hmm. everybody can listen. This is how the web works. AKT mm-hmm has already been used by the city. They're part of the federal investigation. Okay. And, and I've gotten the okey-doke studies from them, too. You know what they said uh, crushed up cement and brick is? Clean, organic, inert fill. They're saying it's equal to dirt. That's what they wrote. My concern are the wow. residual Im- would be the residual impacts of something like this. I mean, these are things that you cannot immediately foresee somebody who's been exposed to it, living next yeah, to yeah. it, you know, um, yeah. as part of, you know, compromised air quality. The whole nine yards that you may not be see to be able to see now, but three, mm-hmm. five, ten years from now, you start having, you know, problems. You know, the residual impact yep. of this can yep. be long term and devastating. Yep, I agree. I completely agree. Um, and that's why I think it, it's necessary and it's needed. And so, um, you know, regardless of uh, it was something that I felt was right uh, in the best interest of the residents of Detroit. Uh, and so that's why I'm moving forward with calling for this congressional hearing. Now, watch this one. You want to know what? If you got to dig up the dirt, the contractor's got to dig up the dirt. You can't claim insurance on it because it would be fraudulent. So if you've mm-hmm. got 10,000 holes and it costs 10,000 to dig it up and refill it, you're talking $100 million plus. Yeah, yeah all the fines the feds would hit you with. Like, I don't mean to overstate this. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the city council president pro tem 
got eyes wide open on this, a raft today, Friday, a raft of new subpoenas went out to ancillary contractors, to people involved with the highway. It's everywhere. If this is so, and it's an if, but if you can't trace it, now you got to test it. If this is so, this could bankrupt the city. This will bankrupt contractors. Mm -hmm. The price of demolition forever will now be $20,000. Charlie, I got a question. Why can't they trace it? They know who filled in because those holes. They never, well, they know who filled in the holes, but there's no manifest of like where you got it. The stuff they put in the hole. Yeah, where'd you get it? You're supposed to keep records of it. And the, and the mayor said it on Let It Rip. They kept track. The reason these prices went through the roof was not because of fraud and hooking up your buddy, but the price of dirt. Where did the poisoned highway go? Where did the sewer project dirt go? Where did the hotel you tore down go? Where did it go? Where did you get the dirt? Every time I ask, they say we need thousands of dollars to give you the information. But how long is this going to take, too? Are we going? Is this going to be dragged out for the next five, ten years? I mean, Flint is still trying to recover from their issue. Um, you know, you're talking a lot of holes. You're talking a lot of moving parts and pieces. How long are we looking at? Mary, any idea? <laughs> I mean, that I, I have absolutely no idea how long it would take. I know the federal investigation has been going on for quite some time, and, and that's another reason why I kind of call for this congressional hearing, thinking that that would draw more attention to it, uh, that it would maybe, you know, well speed done. up the investigation and kind of speed things up, mm -hmm. um, because it's been going on for quite some time. So um, I honestly couldn't tell you how long it would take. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this. There's three, levels of the, there's three levels of the cake. Secret meetings and collusion. The next one's bid rigging and price splitting, transferring some costs from one to another, which is illegal. And now the fraud on the dirt. The secret meeting went on almost five years ago. That would be June 10th. So if they're going to hit them for the secret collusive meetings, alleged, then you would see it, statute of limitations, you'll see it soon. And that was, and that was a rhetorical question. I, I didn't really think about it. I'm living this. I'm just saying in terms of how long, Mary. I was just yeah. thinking, like, you know, when you think I, about it. I think everybody wants to know Well, I mean, long. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's just part yeah. of the equation. So, well, for sure. for good, sure. good for you for speaking up and out, as always. No, thank you, Karen. I appreciate it. Last thing is this. And I will make sure... Go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, you. Go ahead. Last no, one. I was just saying I will make sure... I'm, I'm definitely making sure I keep people abreast of the information that I receive. I'm making sure that it's public, uh, either via, you know, social media platforms, via my newsletters, uh, and online as well, too. So. And the No BS News Hour. Oh, yeah. Call it <laughs> the No BS News Hour. Right? Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, this is what you do. Okay. Download it. Thank you so much. Okay, see you. Thanks, Mary. Bye-bye. Uh, thank you, guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. thank you. All right, here's the, the one last thing. The EPA, right, Section 5 out of Chicago was involved with the dirt. The DEQ out of Lansing was involved with the dirt. These were the same bureaus that were involved, supposed to be involved with Flint at the same time time this also now because i said it to the governor snyder in 15 2015 in october when flint was breaking wide open i asked him about this one says i'm monitoring the situation this whole goddamn thing could just be this whole emergency manager state takeover as important as it was and the work that they accomplished this was just some private businesses running wild and that's, that's what that whole thing was, too. 
It, it was, Charlie. I mean, it's just, this is chess, not checkers. And, you know, there are a lot of moving parts. You've got to look at who comes out ahead and who doesn't come out at all. Yeah, and, uh, you know, be bored, people. Pay attention. It's coming. This is LaDuff talking to you. you. You know I never fucked one up. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't divorce myself from a career unless I felt this was important enough to you and your children. I swear to you. It's not self-aggrandizement. I just feel this needs to be seen through and remediated. Flint, we're never going to get nothing on Flint. You know why? why? No federal money. State, county, local. Good point. This is federal money. We finally got some attention. Blow it up. And Mr. Mayor, Mike, the invitation stands, sir. Anytime you want to come on, come any on. place, I'll debate you. I rewatched that Let It Rip today. Dude, you screwed yourself. I looked at that interview, me and you in your office. Dude, you screwed yourself. Dude, you know all those new, fresh subpoenas. The rest of the media doesn't know because I haven't written it yet. You know, I know. He ain't coming on. He, he doesn't have the balls. Do you remember the interview he did with Roop? Uh, this was after, you know, there were questions uh, about the land bank deals. And he sat in, he, he sat with Roop. And I just remember one response. He said, you know, I lose sleep over this every night. And I'm thinking, really? Is that now a penalty for corruption? Or collusion for right. bid rigging, losing sleep. Losing a little sleep. Pull that interview up. I, I was really taken aback by it. That wouldn't have gotten a bot gotten by you, Charlie. Uh, but it was pretty disappointing. He said, "Yeah, I lose sleep over this every night." I'm like, "Really? Go rob a that, bank, Bob, that, and say that, you lose sleep over that it." That what you are doing? You lose sleep over. Didn't realize that was compensation for such. Yeah. Now you know, with all due respect. To Rube, because that was kind of a little backhand there. No, that oh, was. No, it wasn't. I didn't okay, mean it that I just, way. Good, yeah. good. Because, no, 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 no. because that was Rube. professional, what he, what he got out of him there. It was. I mean, the interview was good. Yeah, I, mean, I that remember is, it. That is no way of backhand. Okay, you know, good. I, I love Rube. Now, I have no issue with his interview or the outcome. My concern was just that one response. And, and it just kind of flew by in conversation. So I'm saying that the average person listening may have not focused on that. Right, exactly. So That's I, my point. Which I will say to my, my brothers like Roop and mm -hmm. uh, sisters like Heather Catalo and everything, I'm no clown. I don't get it wrong. Read the front pages of the newspaper. Now get on this. It's a window. Mr. Mayor, you, you again. You, buddy. You. I've got... And I'm going to publish the five legal notices, either your lawyers, your people, paid for by I'm going to publish them. And if the feds want them, well, then talk to my lawyer. we see what we can do. Whether they're attacking you. Because, no, let me finish. When you threaten me and you say I'm defaming people and my shit is patently false, that would show, sir... That you had some idea that potentially something was wrong. So you can't say you didn't know and they handed you talking points. You took full credit. You knew. And I know at this very minute you're running around trying to dodge a guy 
who wants to subpoena you. you. They're trying to issue it to you. Step up like a man, take it, take it. and come to court. Because you're going to remember this. I promise. You don't even know what I know, dude. I got the internals from Washington. I know what the conversations were. That's all coming. You do not get to poison a city. Allegedly. How's that for legal stuff? And then walk away. I don't know if it's where we're at with it. Let the test be done. You don't get to. And instead of answering my question, you send a lawyer on me. I'm not stopping. And if you work for this man, watch. He's starting to throw people overboard. He's starting to burn wood. He's giving people up. No protection. What happened to Jim Wright? He's gone. I want to say to a friend, I'm not going to name a name right now. Sweetheart, feds are talking your name. Don't think I don't know. I never would have stepped out had I not known. This is real. It's real bad. And to think after all we've been through. What does this mean for Detroit, Charlie? This means we got to start over. Again? That's what this means. Okay. I just wanted we to got know. to dig it up. Right? We got another scandal. We got more feds coming through. Come on. Could have done this the right way. You made, you made dirt disappear. Okay, dirt that was, here's what the feds are looking at. Maybe the dirt wasn't dirty from the highway. And you used it and charged for it. With, but, it but it was free. Money. But it was free. And you charged the fed for free dirt. If it was dirty, it was free and you used it and you charged the feds for free dirt and it was dirty. Now, I'm not going to go into more specifics, but there's another little hub here, Mike. We both know it's in Highland Park. When you ground up all the buildings and put them back in the hole, did you test the ground up buildings? They didn't test anything. Well, you can't say that. See, you can't. I don't know. Right. We're going to find out, right, Bob? We are going to find out. I'm going to find out. Hopefully, I'll see you out there with a camera. Let's do it. No way. No way. Hey, suburbs, please. It's, it's not all of you. You know, there's a couple of you. Well, it, the suburbs you care because they're paying for it. What is a couple on Facebook like this? Oh, you know, I mean, again, here we go again. State should take it over and send in the troops. Now, dig. State did take it over. And this is what we got. And we sent in the troops three times in a century. All because of race and all during war. And it didn't solve a damn thing. You know what? Again, People, working people, got to be together. If not for yourselves, for your children. We have to demand more. Agreed. Go on and make fun of me. I, I mean all of this. I don't think anybody would make fun of you, Charlie. Everybody knows, and I say this all the time, and I know you get tired of hearing it, but you do your homework, and it matters. I mean, that's how you get factual information that is is and should continue to be beneficial not just to residents but certainly you know media outlets people making decisions and people involved in this people either in the suburbs peripherally that's what i'm saying either it, you know internally or peripherally everybody should be concerned so i don't think you know sometimes i think people are so anxious for this narrative to be correct 
that they just don't want to hear anything. They want to go through with blinders. Right on. And that's what it is. So I don't think it's you. I think it's anything or anybody that compromises that the city of Detroit went through bankruptcy and now the grass is greener, the water is colder. We don't have any corruption, which has historically been associated with failed black leadership. And it's like, okay, everything's fine now. We don't want to hear it. I think that's what it is. It's not you. Yeah, in which I want to get to uh, Jerry Paffendorf, who's on the line here. Jerry, let me let me do this spot, which fits right in, which is Luke no, uh, Nowacki. He's going to help you with your finances. Here's what he asked me to read. Maybe you're a big-time city official who can travel with an entourage on the city's dime. And your birthday, your hat is magically packed with C-notes. Or maybe you played high school football with someone connected and can get lucrative contracts to haul and dump sludge or dirt. Then get lucrative contracts to clean up the disaster you just created. If you're not among the elite who can make your pockets fat off the taxpayer's back with no shame in your game, then there's a good chance you're going to have to provide for your own retirement and theirs. If you have questions regarding whether you're on the right track, call Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748. Grow your assets and cover your ass. Your politicians are dependent on you for the additional tax revenue. Those navigators don't lease themselves. Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Well done. Now, next, you heard it here on No Bullshit News Hour. What did we say in December? What did we say? No bullshit. No. I mean, for real. That's not bullshitting. What did we say about the county treasurer? What did we say, Bob? Do you remember? Oh, he was on his way out. No, we didn't say that exactly. Again, uh, friends and family plan. Oh, friends and family plan. The feds are up in there looking at how he was dispensing with the tax foreclosed houses. Remember? Yeah. Right. They dropped it. And what happened? What did we see? News reports. We see him coming in. News reports. Uh-oh. Friends and family. You there, Jerry? I'm here. This hey, Charlie. Hey, everybody. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. All right, let me introduce you. I'm just, look, man. Jerry Paffendorf is the smartest guy you never heard of that cares more about you than you can know Michigan. Are you the CEO of Loveland Technologies? Can I say that? Yeah, that's very kind, Charlie. Thank you. Oh, you are, dude. And Jerry and I, if, if you really want to know, Jerry and I back in, what, late November, early December, we were running these, weren't we? We were yeah, running looking the, at looking at some of the properties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you, you you had let me know that there were some questions that were coming up about family members of the treasurer who had participated in the auction in the past, and um, there may have been some untoward things that had happened. And so we started looking at it a little bit, and then there's, these reports just came out a few days ago. And what we found was what I mean, what you know, the we were looking at when they bought the properties, and we're looking at the tax histories and. Uh, Eric Sabri, the county treasurer, um, his family was buying property when he was the deputy county treasurer against the ethics rules of the county. And now he's saying, well, that was a private contractor running those tax auctions, so they didn't really apply because the treasurer's office wasn't running them. He's playing slippery. But we do know his wife and his sons owed 
taxes on properties long enough that they should have been foreclosed on, put in the tax auction, and they should have lost them, and they did not. Is that a that it in a nutshell? Uh, that's accurate. And would it be helpful if I just shared with your listeners kind of a quick background on what that even means for something to be tax foreclosed? Jerry, this is the part now where I just step back and you riff and you uh, just illuminate the people. Go ahead. Well, let's let, let's riff together. But I'll I'll start because this is Any probably minute. the biggest. Sorry, <laughs> this is probably the, the the biggest, most destructive issue that I've ever encountered in my life, as far as something that the government runs that causes undue pain to its uh, residents and, and citizens. And so it's a really big deal when articles like this come out because a lot of times people's eyes just sort of glaze over when you talk about taxes. And, you know, people will kind of be like, well, if you get foreclosed, don't be a deadbeat, just pay your taxes. And, and the story is just usually one click too complicated for people to really follow. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting when these stories come out where you can kind of put your finger on something where people go, oh, that's something that shouldn't happen. And so let me, let me just bring people up to speed really quickly what we're talking about here. Um, we're not talking about bank foreclosure. We're not talking about mortgage foreclosure. We're talking about when the county government takes your property away because you have fallen behind on your property taxes. So it's a government-run foreclosure process. Uh, Michigan has the strictest tax foreclosure process in the country, I believe. Maybe somebody out there ties it. But essentially in 1999, um, Governor Engler enacted a a law that sped up the foreclosure process from a multi-year kind of tax lien sheriff sale system to a process where if you fall two years behind on your taxes, you get a forfeiture notice. And if you don't pay your taxes in a matter of months, the county definitively seizes your property and sells it to the highest bidder. They must. They must, correct? They must yes, take your property. It's, okay. It's a state law. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that too. How the, how the state laws. I just wanted to drive that into people's heads. You must. Okay, go it, ahead. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a state law, and but as far as I can see, and we'll get back around to this, it's, the law is not really followed much at all. It's, it's very much like uh, pick and choose when to follow it or not, uh, which is which is a, a, a really big problem. Let me um, jump and, in and there. Let me jump in. What do you mean? What do you mean? Who decides to pick and choose? Sure. Um, so, you know, the, the, the state law is very clear that all properties that fall two years behind uh, receive these forfeiture notices and then get foreclosed on March 31st of the third year. But for, for many years, over the last uh, couple of treasures as well, um, the county, because of the volume of foreclosures, has not been foreclosing on the number, all of the properties that they, they should be. Hmm. Um, if they follow the law. Let's stop a and minute. Then a Wait a minute. Let's unpack it's, that. Hold on. Sure. So they're not doing it to all the properties. Because right? the, the problem is so big. I'll, I'll give uh, your listeners some, some context. But let's, here, let, so. let's make that clear, though, right? They're, they're not doing it in all cases, correct? That's correct. Yeah. And then in some um, cases, let me, let me just do this and then I'll let you get in there. In sure. some cases, they have been foreclosed on and repossessed and taken but not put out to auction for all of us to that's get a correct. chance. Is that correct? That's correct? Yeah, that's, that's correct. Let's and, do and this again. Wait a minute. People you. are in their car, bro, and we're regular sure. people. So some properties have been taken. Some haven't even been foreclosed on that old taxes. Some have been, and some of those don't make auction while others do. That's correct. That's right. 
And how I mean, much that, that right there should be the case closed that there's a problem with the system. I, I get a little bit jaded on it because we follow this, tracked it, and talked about it for years, and it's been really hard to get anybody with any power to care at all. Yep. But yes, you're right. That's the, <laughs> so, so that should be enough in a lot of cases, especially when you're taking somebody's home and private property away. Let me ask this it's real quick because I, I want people to yeah. understand the, 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 the breadth of this. In Wayne County, which, by the way, is Gross Point, Livonia, Taylor, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Farmington. Is Northville? Yeah, Nor- Nor- nobody's not Northville is, right? Canton. Am I correct? That's all Wayne County. What yep. percentage, let's say, Detroit's property in the last decade has changed hands? Uh, more than 25% of Detroit has been tax foreclosed and auctions in the last 10 years. That's how many um, thousands been, been of properties? 150,000 um, foreclosures. And this That's is, this is also the pipeline to the land bank as well. Um, the land bank gets really, I, I'd say, 90% plus of its properties from tax foreclosures that either don't sell at the auction or that the treasurer and the city have um, bundled together. They basically take you know, hundreds of thousands of properties and sort of Tie, tie them together into something that you'd have to buy them all at once, and it basically becomes impossible. So there's some conscious passing through of foreclosures into the land bank, um, including some nice condition properties that the, the land bank wants through its, um, the, uh, the auction program that it runs. But no, it, it's, it's an incredible amount of foreclosures, and I, I want to share with you something that I only learned fairly recently. I, I focus so much on Wayne County and Detroit that I don't always look up to, to see the rest of the state. And I, I, in December, I wrote a note to the state treasury, and I asked if they had statewide tax foreclosure numbers. And they were very helpful. The next day, I got a note back, and it was a really nice document that had all 83 counties in Michigan. And then for each year back to 2012, it had the number of tax foreclosures in each county. And because we know Detroit's numbers, I was able to put Detroit alongside of all the other counties in the state to see how it stacks up. And what I found is that even though Detroit is only 7% of Michigan's population, 700,000 people with about $9 million and change in the rest of the state, it accounted for 62% of all tax foreclosures, so nine times outsized. So this is really something that has been preying on the people of Wayne County and Detroit for years and just churning in the background, contributing to population loss, contributing to blight, and contributing to a lot of inequity in the city. And are, dis- are African-Americans disproportionately affected by this? That's, that's correct. I think probably there's a case to be made that this would violate the, um, the Fair yeah. Housing Act and the affirmatively furthering fair housing um, portion of that, which says that even if a, there doesn't need to be a racial bias in a policy, even if a policy is applied neutrally to everybody, if it disproportionately affects, um, I think it's called a protected class, but it basically means that would include a, a, a racial minority, that the policy has to be changed if it's falling unduly on that population. And this, I mean, I can't think of anything more clear than seeing 7% of the state bearing two-thirds of all the foreclosures and just the impacts that we see every day in the city. As the well, now, see, we, we, now we, we know this, too, because, oh, by the way, Karen's over here uh, pointing toward temples, raising her eyes and going, hmm, this guy's a smart motherfucker. <laughs> well, gee, Charlie, I could have <laughs> just said that. I was, you know. Here's the thing, Jerry. I mean, 
There's a prop poverty exemption that people weren't notified about on these properties. There is the the money being used to demolish the houses that the land bank takes from all of this was originally <clears throat> intended to give you mortgage relief in which almost nobody in Detroit was offered. And the feds came in here and said, what the fuck are you doing with that? Am I correct there? Uh, that's right. Yeah, there was. Um, I'm not as smart as you with my language, but I can read too. <laughs> yeah. No, no. So there's uh, so, some of the money that that um, was was put aside to help people keep their homes. Um, originally, it was to prevent mortgage foreclosures, and then some of it could be used to prevent tax foreclosures. A lot of people applied for it. I'll get the numbers wrong, but I, I, I feel like it was like eighty or ninety percent of the people, or something like that, who applied for it were denied. That's correct. Um, wow. And, and some of those funds weren't weren't used, um, even while these foreclosures were happening and such. If I might interject, uh, those that were given the money were of a higher income bracket. I was going to say, is this is this masked gentrification? I mean, in some Boy, instances, it sure looks I mean, like well, it. I'm just saying because that's. I mean, but these are all the factors that are weighing to weighing into what people who are living in the city see. see, see but I got to say this, I, Jerry. Let, let's all do this together. I, gentrification. Every time we keep screaming that, like we're bitching it, like middle class white people. Like, the, the point I'm trying to make with this whole thing here, you want to know why the feds are in the, in, in, the, in the feds are. Nobody's reporting that. I am. The reason they're in there is because they're looking for the big boys that are doing favors with the county treasurer. The big ones. Not like his son that owes two grand. This is a window. But I'm talking about the structural things, okay, and like well, like like Jerry like Jerry's talking about the impact that these decisions, these you know, um, these programs that are denied people who could otherwise participate in property retention or acquisition. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying those play into what we see and sure. call gentrification. Okay, that that's what I'm saying. You know, I'm, I'm trying to keep this thing I, I, universal. I, 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 it is universal. So Charlie. we're all brothers and sisters. On, Go ahead. On Jerry. that note, I'll just I'll just add that one one of the one of the very noticeable impacts of this is that Detroit over the last 10 years has moved from a firmly majority home ownership city to now being a majority renter city. People lose their home ownership. We got to unpack that. You mean after the collapse? Because we could say the collapse, everybody lost their house. You mean post-collapse? Post-post-collapse, yeah. That was in the recent, um, I think it was the American Community Survey, which is like the census that happens more frequently. Um, show that we had just tipped over that point. And people in foreclosure, you know, you'll own your home one day and then you wake up and then somebody else is the owner and you either become the renter or you get evicted. And I think you mentioned gentrification. When, when I think about that, I think that the, the biggest thing that prevents the negative effects of gentrification is when people actually own the property in the city. Because when you're, when you're a property owner, you share in the wealth generation if, if values go up. And if you're a renter, you can live someone somewhere for a very long time, and you can feel all of the spiritual, psychological, social ownership of that place. But when push comes to shove, somebody can push you out or price you out. As has been and so tax, tax foreclosure has been, has been very destabilizing. That has been proven time and time again in the city as we've seen the change take place or the perception of change take place, even from a business perspective. You know, businesses that occupied a certain location for 15, 20 years, and then all of a sudden, okay, now you have to go. So on, on, on one hand, the onus is on the occupant. But on the other hand, you know, the onus is on, you know, uh, the owner. True. So, sure. But we're looking at sure. systematic things. Okay, let's, you know, be, 
Look, Jerry, here's, here's a systematic issue. For years, <clears throat> the properties were over-assessed. They weren't worth yeah. what the city was taxing them at. Yes, that's that's correct. And and so there's there, there's so many things to rattle off here. You know, I was I was thinking about this, like people talking about the the treasurer's ethics violations, and I, the free press called for him to step down and resign. And I I, I personally do think that that would be a, a good decision, but I think that it should also come along with a change of leadership. And behavior at that office because it really is a system. But that's what I was going to ask. So, so, so is it a personnel shift that has to take place, or just take place, or is it a policy and a practice? I always think that you know most yeah. most most political entities, regardless of what they are, are not conducive to the progress that they promise. That it's just not set up for that. Yeah. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, and I don't mean to jump around, but I do want to share this. Like, what's what's the incentive to do this? Okay, so. Um, really quick lesson here about how property taxes work in Michigan. And I think that this is, I think that this is fairly unique. I don't know of another state that that does it this way. Um, Every year, cities like Detroit try to collect their own property taxes. So you pay your taxes on time to the city if you, if you can. Um, And then after a year, Detroit sends that debt to Wayne County who borrows the money on the bond market. So if they say we're, you know, $200 million short, Wayne County borrows $200 million and then gives that to Detroit. And the idea is that that helps cities continue to operate uninterrupted. Short-term even cash if people flow. Are not, not, not paying the cash flow. So that, that part makes sense. Now, here's where it gets twisted, and this creates the perverse incentive that I think will require changing the law to, to solve, is that once the county becomes the debt collector, they borrow at 4%, I think it is typically, and then they put 18% interest on the debt. Oh. They add penalties and they add fees. And so anytime you pay your taxes late, you're paying extra money. 25%, to the Jerry. It's a goddamn pawn shop. <laughs> it and is. Then what, so what, what, wow. hap- what happens is that they, and, and this part goes untold too. This is again where it gets too complicated by a click. Everybody focuses on the auction as the, the foreclosure auction, as the, as the really final you know bad thing. And that's true. It's been very destructive. But just as, destructive is the fact that the county's been putting these penalties and fees and interests on top of people that really overburdens them to pay more than they they should. And then it's over time, it's learned to rely on that as a revenue source that it puts into its budget. And just, just for perspective, um, this was the, like the hardest data set that I ever finally got after a bunch of FOIAs and, and refusals to fill it. Um, you know, how much money Wayne County makes every year uh, how much more they make than if people just paid their taxes on time. And I'm just looking at the this graph right now. So he's looking at a graph. To 2000, 2009 to 2016, uh, Wayne County made more than $300 million, more than they, they would have um, if than if people had paid their taxes on, on time. Wow. And so right now it's about thir- about between 30 and 40 million dollars a year it looks like looking at these projections Jerry, so so the the county doesn't want to end this practice because it's a money maker for that's him. what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm yeah, saying. that's what he's saying um, he's you know, driving I, me to drink hold yeah. on a second <laughs> yeah that's tea, what, I'm, what I'm saying and I, and I think I don't I don't know if there's any way it's your fault Karen um, Sorry. out of it unless somebody at the state uh, intervenes and, and changes this law and again it's a okay it's Jerry a my show my law, turn my show my turn watch this sure not only that, when these bitches go into foreclosure, people don't buy them. And sometimes they bundle them and you don't even get to 
get them at auction because yep. the connected people yep. do. They go to the land bank. The land bank doesn't take care of them. They go to shit. We got, they get stripped. We got to demolish them. We dig up the holes. We throw fucking poison dirt in it. And off we go to the races. Yes or no? Yeah, I think that that's, uh, yeah, I mean. That's it. Yeah. Last word, baby. Is, Last word. <laughs> I give it to you. No, because yeah. it's a show. We'll have you back. Everybody raise your hand. Thank Jerry. Smart guy. He's doing a great job. Oh, you want to have him back? I really do, because there's a lot of. And he's he's look, I'm a dope, and I sit in my underpants till noon, listening to guys like Jerry, working data sets with Jerry, trying to get the regular person thing. This guy mapped the whole city. The city contracted him to map the whole city, and then guys like me started using his maps to go, "What the fuck's going on in the city?" And then the city fired his ass. What'd they do with the, the results from the mapping? They put them online. Yeah. And then, they said and nothing. Go ahead, Jerry. Tell them. What they, they went online. No, no. You can, you can, you can see it was, it was really a great project. And it was, I think it was probably more politically complicated than that. But my, my sense is like people want to have open data and share what's going on. But sometimes the data shows things that people don't want you to see. Yep. And I think with the demolitions in particular, <laughs> um, it was just like we can't continue to operate a program that transparently shows vacancy because we need the numbers to be going down. And if they're not, the it's not politically practical. Now, Jerry and I, here's my last word on it, Jerry. Thank you, brother, but you can hang out. We're going to do a yep. lightning round. All right, thank you, guys. Bye-bye. All right, See you later. In the thank you, Jerry. In the beginning, Jerry, when I was first doing my demo stuff, he comes online and says, I'm interested to see because there's a lot of really good people. We've been working hard doing it. And then, lo and behold, a couple years later, see, Jerry, he's brains, but, they're, you know, they're, but there's other shit, Karen, as you know. Oh, it's big. Oh, and I was listening to that letter rip. Fucking Duggan saying like there were no demos under Bing. There oh, were 10,000. I heard that. Somebody said that yesterday. I forgot. I was listening to some, some something. And they were like, you know, Bing wasn't any, was doing any demos. Uh, no boarding up of properties. I mean, Wasn't but, taking the asbestos out. But this is the thing. Fucking People can lie. say whatever they want to say. Because 90% of the time, which is the point I was trying to make in that interview. They don't get that People don't, well, you know, the average listener just doesn't take the time we'll to end go it back. here. We'll end this here. Because right. Drew Lane is joining us. Because we always get better ratings with Drew. All right. Karen, <laughs> right now, without naming a name, that your administration did not tear things down, that you did not f- follow environmental standards. Is that a lie? Yes, it is. Is. And say that it's a it lie. Is. It is. It is a blatant lie. And let me tell you another lie. And then we're going to go to Drew. Just like with the in, the. Uh, Don't put too em, much pressure em, on me. Employing, <laughs> employing, employing the young kids. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, we did this. You know, this administration is saying we employed five thousand, six thousand. We did ten thousand. I mean, this was done already. None of this is new. And I'm not taking any. You know, maybe I am taking it away because it should be taken away. You need to know what was done prior. And what this administration is simply standing on saying, look what we did that they didn't do. That they didn't do. And I just going to end it with this one more time. Anybody that lives in this region or around this world that cares about this region, we here in this basement care about all of you. Lower level. All of you. This is all of our money. Everybody's child got to be well together. Okay, and if you want to blame somebody that you don't know or region you don't know, just remember the things that are out of your control that they blame you for. That's all we're doing, and we're going to have a justice. 
Eat Drew the, Lane. Eat the rich. Drew Lane joining us. What up, though, baby? Hey, okay. Drew Lane. Hey, man, do we got a, any sound effect, like a lightning round? <laughs> hey, Bob's looking. Let me look. All right, just the lightning bolt mouth. would be fine. Do it with your mouth. <laughs> Drew, lightning round. Hey, Gretchen Whitmer's desk. Go. Her dress. Uh, well, I, th- I thought the Fox 2 story was interesting because... <laughs> People were talking about her dress. They governor, really were. The governor of Michigan, female, her first state of the uh, state address, shows up in a tight blue dress. It Yay was, or nay? It was a very tight dress. I noticed her her rack. I admit it. You're I, a man. Of course you would notice. Yeah. A lot of people were talking about it, and I noticed in the story that a lot of women were criticizing her dress, too. So it was not just a... Completely male sexist thing. You know what? People, this is my contribution. People need to grow up. You know, we've got, I think, uh, and and I tweeted this, that both our state representatives and our residents need to give this governor the opportunity and the support to succeed. We're talking about the dress, Karen. But you can't help but notice it. I don't don't care about the dress. I mean, the dress. My problem with the dress is there wasn't enough cleavage. Well, okay, Bob, you're a man. Of course, that's what you think. But it was that, tight. That dress, but if, if you, she says she is a curvy woman. She so is. I think she's she, pretty. If she showed up, and I do too. She looked great. I love yeah. the dress. If in fact that dress wore a tent, they would complain. Why is she? Right. Why is she dressed? So people, don't, people need to focus on what matters. We've got roads. We've got school. We've got schools. We've got Flint. We've got all kinds. She didn't of talk people about don't, it. People don't do that. Well, yeah, we okay. Don't, we don't. All right. Here we go. My my hey, turn. Hey, people hey, should no do care. what they should, that's but they don't. It was too tight. Somebody should told her it was too tight. Now, I, I smell a triple standard going on. One for men, one for women, and one for w- women now, like, whatever they want, they get to do it. it hey, you can't make... You, you need to look at it and tell me it's great on the red carpet, and if it's not great, you don't get to criticize me. Here's the thing. Where business appropriate. Like, for instance, if Lieutenant Governor Gilchrist had sequins on his lapel. We'd be talking about it. If he wore the shiki, we'd yes. be talking about it. If he wore a mouth jacket, we'd be talking about it. Stop doing the woman thing and just maybe do this. Hey, media, forget about the dress. Thank you. You didn't, the governor didn't explain how she's going to pay for roads. That's what I care about. Yeah. And me and my wife are talking about the dress. But we don't go online <laughs> and tweet it. Right? A lot of people did. Okay. Uh, next one. But that becomes news, too, and I'm not sure, you know, that's another issue entirely. Is Twitter outrage really news? Yes. It's become and that. That's the go-to but for I news. don't think, you know, remember when Colin Kaepernick, people were burning sneakers? Oh, my God, look at this. No, but there was like three people. Remember uh, the white it boy? It was. It was nobody. Remember the white boy and the native man and the yes. black guy? Oh, the- boom, boom. Nathan Nicholas Sandman. That was Twitter. That was Twitter fed. So, yeah. Social media drives our discussions and our news coverage. Because they're, it's they're, easy. There are op-eds in the paper today that started out as a Facebook post for someone about the B. Smith uh, issue with her husband and his girlfriend right. all living together. So I, I think it's mainstream media looking for clicks themselves, though. I don't easy. think it's real news. I agree news. with Charlie. I think it's easy. And count your lucky stars. Well, you know. Because yeah. without that, you're just going to get more murder and rape. I don't so think we got other stuff we can get to. Well, I just don't think it's journalism. Ooh. No. <laughs> Look at he in the ways of journalism. I couldn't agree with you more, Drew. Thank you. And, and it's easy. It's just, it's easy and it's sloppy. And that's where we're going. And, it's not and, pe- helpful. and people it watch not it and talk helpful. about it. Well, let's remember and something people now. People watch it and talk about it. Let's remember something. It, it's not just journalism anymore, the television shows. It's also lifestyle. It's 
you know, uh, gossip. It's it's that's it's, what people like. Charlie, it's cooking shows. It's you got, you got to be a lot of things to everybody now. Yeah. So I don't think it's out of bounds, and yet, where's the other stuff which would save you from it? So are we? Are are are, are people like the boring uh, shit we did today with property I'm saying, taxes? Are, are people driving you know content? Or is content dictating what's important to us as readers, listeners, residents? I mean, which one is it? I know what it is, but I like Drew's face. <laughs> to text it. I just think if, if repeat the question, please. I think it's content, I think it's content driving people. That's what I'm saying. Are people driving content based on what's what they want through the through demand, or is content dictating what is relevant to people to the population? I don't know how to answer that question, but I do know that the, new, the news used to sort of sort things in terms of having importance to you. And now I just think they, they decide that, oh, this will create a, a hubbub. So, and there's enough people tweeting about it, so let's go with it. And everybody looks at nah. likes, followers, social media traffic, all of that, you know, the analytics, you know, drive who's listening or watching, what stations are reading, how, how much clickbait we have. So, right. Okay. Oh, do you want my opinion? Am I over here? Okay, so I want to say one more thing first. Shouldn't people investigate what the Twitter outrage is before they just report it? Shouldn't they shouldn't they shouldn't there be some basis for it besides some people tweeting? Let's see what Charlie thinks. Charlie, what do you think? (laughs) We're ready for you. Here's what I think. Nothing's driving nothing except the the audience is running away in droves. So what's really going on is let's do anything to keep them here. What did, what did they do? Now that they've run away, there's a measurement. Forget ratings and share. Puts. People using television. That thing is collapsing. It's collapsing. So it's collapsed. Just, it's collapsed. I mean, the, the pie, like, we could each have a quarter of the ratings pie, but if the pie is now a, a, a Pop-Tart. How, how much smaller is the pie? Well, excellent. We'll get that answered next week. Thank it's you. pretty small. So now they're, everybody's fig- like the Oscars. It's just like the Oscars. Do we have a host? Do we cut some awards out? Do we do all the songs? That's what's going on. You can't blame a news executive for that. People just figured out the game. Next, Amazon not going to the, uh, New York. Drew? Ah! Well, uh, let me say this. I hate that Amazon pays no taxes for two years in a you row. You stole mine! It's ridiculous. You might get me and you together paid more than Amazon is. Amazon, it's ridiculous. the richest company in the world, has paid in two years. And they're going to get $3 billion more for going into New York. It's not really $3 billion moving to Amazon. It's $3 billion they're not going to charge them. But at the same time, how do you let New York wants to be a high-tech center? How do they let Amazon get away? And 25,000 jobs. I well, mean, and other I, jobs well, created by it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Multiplier well, Ma- Mayor Fouts has put his bid in. So he's saying, hey, if you don't want to go to New York, c- come to Warren. Yeah, look at this. <sighs> well, and if anybody could attract Amazon, it'd be Mayor Fouts with the dick pics. Listen here, ladies and gentlemen of, uh, that in common. of greater right. Detroit. Right. Not a chance in hell when they got to ration your natural gas in the middle of a polar vortex and in the middle of an ice storm, your power goes out again. We can't build. An... If you look at Amazon in Seattle, they take up a quarter of Seattle. These are like 10, 12 beautiful state-of-the-art buildings. We don't have the infrastructure. Well, I saw reporting the other day that people in Seattle are not fans of Amazon. Oh, they hate them. Yeah. Everybody hates Amazon. Really? Yeah. How many people work for Amazon there, though? 
Oh, a lot. Uh, let me see. I mean, I would fuck think ton. Fuck ton. I mean, jobs. A ton to a fuck ton. Which is just a little less than a Google. Jobs do matter. I mean, a lot of people just don't like big companies, and paying no taxes doesn't make you any more popular. Yeah, is we, Amazon really that bad? Are they really Amazon, that awful? But Amazon is undeniable. I mean, they're the Walmart Amazon, of the they, digital world. I mean, there's yeah. you, Jeff. Jeff. I go to Bezos Walmart. Is I don't. Jeff Bezos I don't is either. just mm. no. Walmart sucks. Okay, I yeah. go to Home Depot. Okay. TV should be more than twenty five dollars. It just, just is. Can't. But that's another conversation. But right. Jeff Jeff Bezos is undeniable. I mean, just look at the incident. You know, with the Inquirer, and they're trying to. I mean, he's just. He's Jeff Bezos. I don't think a a, a, a corporation like this needs any uh, help. Welfare. I don't think. Talk to your president. You, they, they get to get around the the, the building yeah. ordinances that they want because New York's a bitch to build in. I don't think that the Trump's tax cut should. I'm going to pay more in taxes this year than than I did last year. So this not work. This not working out. Shouldn't you have to pay at least a bare minimum? Shouldn't there be 10%? I mean, the effective rate for a lot of these big companies like Facebook, I think it's 11% or something. Shouldn't And the nominal percentage is, is 21, right? And the effective yeah, that's is what 10. It's supposed to be. And mine is minimum 22. Well, Charlie, you're going to have to make more money so you can pay I less. I ain't making shit! <laughs> so you can make less. So call Dr. Yaldo and give him LaDuff. No bullshit news hour or the Drew and Mike podcast, Red Shovel Studio. So American Coney Island. I'm in the middle of Yaldo thinking. Oh, sorry. Okay, don't forget, Alan. Anyway, yeah, in American Coney Island, Luke Nowacki and Eddie Zaney, because we love them all. Last one. Michael Jackson coming to, is it Netflix? It's on HBO. It's coming to HBO. Uh, it's on there right now. Been there, done that, or purience, or is this really important and the, and the public has to really drag a dead man's name through the mud? Drew. I think it's absolutely of interest, and, you know, if this guy was molesting kids, which there was certainly plenty of evidence that he was, he was writing fat checks to people, which, by the way, non-disclosure agreements, I don't know, I'm really having problems with these, because I never read about one. I suppose corporate ones make sense, but these personal ones just hide crimes and allow people to continue committing them. Look at all the time we, we, a lot of people, what I'm saying, he didn't have a childhood, he's just having his childhood now, he loves children. Who else could make that fly? Nobody. Could your next-door neighbor, if there were 12-year-olds spending the night with your next-door neighbor, having slumber parties? And, no. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I, I, cover, I Karen, can't believe what do that you think? happened. I mean, is this old news? And what are we doing here? Well, I mean... I, I R. Kelly did well. We got to do this again. Yeah, do a video of R. Kelly out. But, but this is the thing, you know, that was kind of an unfinished discussion as it related to Michael Jackson. You know, everybody said yes. Some people said no. Is it still of interest? I'm not so sure. But again, I, anything that's going to generate ratings, uh, I think it's going to make a difference. But are we looking for ratings or are we looking for answers? Did it really happen? And if it did, what does that mean now? He slept with 12-year-olds. He had slumber parties with 12-year-olds. His house is a pedophile's paradise. I mean, I don't know how we looked at that all this time. Went, okay, look. Oh, okay. he's Michael Jackson. He loves children. It just is so okay, weird. They, they, they might have taken baths together, but he never blew bubbles. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, oh, it's an original. What? Charlie, Bubbles what? isn't a child. Karen, I happen no. to agree with you because it's like, well, wh- what does that mean now? Like, okay, yeah. so it comes so out and, and whether we prove it to be true or not, what does that mean now? I mean, the guy's dead. His family ain't paying. They're suing people who don't Except like Except we, we turned our head and went, oh, he just loves children for all those. Isn't that, I mean, isn't it Are you going to watch Bob? No. No? No. Karen? Prob- probably not. I doubt Drew? it. I mean, I will. I, I, no. Oh, I'll watch it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. I, I met Michael Jackson once. I was on Malibu Beach. 
I didn't know he was there until I heard a woman yell, hey, you're in my son. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, you practicing for your one-night stand, Charlie? <laughs> you know why Michael Jackson's pants were always too short? I don't want to know. They weren't his. <laughs> no, these are original. Now, see, here's my thought. I covered the Michael Jackson trial. That, you know, the, the one in Santa Maria. What a joke. There's a thousand self-important assholes showing up for a fucking pedophile. You know it was. I call my cousin here in Detroit and go, dude, this is going to be such a self-important clusterfuck with CNN and all this. I need some material just to crack them, right? Is that when he danced on the car? Yeah. <laughs> and you know why he always had the umbrella and he was all fucking hunched And over? the umbrella holder. Because he was a junkie. Yeah. He was on the pills. He, you know why he wore the Band-Aids? Because I got that close to him. He was shooting underneath his nails. Wow. And they said wow. so at the end of the trial. Point here being, he should have not been convicted because it was quite obvious the mother was inconsistent during that trial. She offered the kid up to his altar for the payout. And having said that, the non-disclosure with the first kid, the $24 million, mm -hmm. he came on uh, the stand as a, as a man. Mid-twenties. And he bawled his fucking eyes out. And you knew it was true. And all right. So what are we doing now? Nothing. It's just entertainment. And I'll tell you what, Bobby. Just like the blue dress, this shit's going to be on regular television to get some of them clips. Yeah. Right? Probably so. Well, if Bruce Springsteen starts hanging out with 12-year-olds and having slumber parties, wouldn't we look at it a little differently if we... If we see that this really was, there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If we believe that, well, not that Bruce is going to start it having slumber if, parties. If there's a but, Charlie, there we go. See, I'm that quick. <laughs> you know, I got. A, I, I did get a sneak peek. I got a sneak peek at the uh, net, uh, the HBO series. Which, okay, spoiler alert. Okay, they found Michael Jackson's original nose. Episode one. Is their punchline coming, or is that the punchline? This no, is they, Charlie's. They found it. This they, is Charlie's teeth. They found it. Do you know? Want to know where they found it? No, where did they find it? In Macaulay Culkin's ass. Oh my god! Oh, hey, thank you oh. for tuning in. It's been the No Bullshit <laughs> News Hour. Drew Lane. Leave them wanting more. Bob Shadowbauer. <laughs> Karen Dumas. Karen Dumas. I got I'm more. Done. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. Hell yeah, I knew those jokes would come back. Don't hate the messenger. Too soon. Too soon. It must be the money. Who is it? Dion Sand. Oh, it's Dion. I knew it. Dion? Come on, come on, come on. Triple threat, Dion. Who produced it? Probably Dion. Fucker can't sing, that's for sure. He can't, but Charlie, his song is so appropriate for everything that we talked about today. Remember to love one another. That starts with yourself. <laughs>